The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the lights, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, Who are you? He, did, he admitted and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, What are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? So that we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert, Make straight the way of the Lord. As Isaiah the prophet said, Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, and a very happy Gaudete Sunday to everyone. Which means we're about halfway through the Advent season. And in every penitential season where typically we wear purple as a sign of our, pen, our repentance, we have this Sunday of looking at things through the lens of joy and rejoicing. And this year, we celebrate this Advent season in a particular context. You know, there, there's always the context of our own life. That adds color or dimension to the liturgical seasons that we celebrate. And so as we celebrate this Advent, this particular year... There's actually room for great rejoicing or the possibility for great rejoicing. Because this is probably the hardest Advent season that we've ever had in like the context of church of the church in our lives. And it's an Advent season where because of 
the health department regulations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, diocesan guidance, you know, we're celebrating this Advent and Christmas, like without choirs, without congregational singing, socially distanced, family gatherings are smaller. And there's really great suffering in all of that. There's something that we miss in all of that. And so that means that the prayers that we pray take on a different meaning in that context. And and we, we say things like, my soul cries out to the Lord. There's a different context for that. And this need for a redeemer, because this whole Advent season is is focusing on this time of getting ready to welcome a redeemer, to welcome someone who brings light into the darkness, to welcome someone who brings peace where there's chaos or division. To welcome someone who answers our cries. And so those words of John the Baptist begin to resonate more and more in our own lives. And we're reminded every single day of the same truth that he admitted, which is, I am not the Christ. I am not the Christ. And thank God that I am not the Christ. Because then you'd all be in a lot of trouble. Right? But that means it implies that we need Jesus in our lives. And for all of us, you know, when we struggle with sin... We really struggle with sin because we don't remember that fact that we're not Jesus. And people who are stuck in habitual sins, like, and they're trying to like, get free by their own willpower or by their own efforts, or, it never really works. And true freedom only comes when those people admit that, I cannot do this for myself. I need a Savior. You know, I need our Lord. And those words of John the Baptist, I am not the Christ, they need to be applied to both ourselves and to others around us. Every time we're frustrated about a political leader's decision-making or a particular political leader or a church leader's decision-making or a particular church leader, we can remember that they are not the Christ either. And there is one who hears us when we cry out to him. There is one whose sandal straps were not worthy to untie. There is one who's promised to deliver us. And and that's what we're preparing for. And as we focus on this concept of rejoicing, rejoicing happens when we're surprised by love. When we have a need that is met by somebody else who enters into our life to meet it, that's when we rejoice. 
And right now we live in a context that makes us very aware of our need and that is very good. In more secure times, usually this week, I'm giving a homily that is something like, like, did you notice that we're in the Advent season? And like, are you distracted by the world around you? And like, Christmas is coming soon. And, and, and when, when, we, when we're in the secure time, we forget how much we need a Savior. And those prayers that we pray all, all of the time in the Advent season, they kind of go over our heads. You know, the antiphon for the responsorial psalm today was, My soul rejoices in my God. My soul rejoices in my God. And in our particular cultural context, when I open up my news app and I read about the news and, like, what's going on next and what, like, the latest, like, scandal is or the latest, like, political leader or, like, the lawsuits that are going on, I can't rejoice in any of that. But I can rejoice in my God. And it's just a reminder that my soul rejoices in my God. And I can't look to those things to be my source of joy. Or to be my source of security or my source of affirmation. There's only Jesus. That's it. And we're reminded of that right now. And so we're preparing to receive him because when he, we receive him, he surprises us with love and then we experience joy. You know, on a very like kind of normal life level, I had this experience a few years ago. It was my birthday and I was out with a bunch of friends who were involved in the Engaged Encounter community and we're having a community event. And, and some of those couples I've known for a very long time. And, and they were like, oh, Father, your birthday's coming up. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, it's coming up. And, you know, and I have this secret desire in my heart for people to throw me a surprise party ever since I was a little kid and I saw like a TV show with a surprise party. And, but I've never tell anybody that, right? Like, like you don't go around telling people, throw me a surprise party because then it's not really a surprise and we're not met with joy. Like we don't have joy. We're just like, oh, they did it because I told them to. And, and so your birthday's coming up. And so we planned to go to dinner one night and then they secretly invited like six other couples that all wanted to be there. And some people just heard about it and they wanted to be there. And I walked into this restaurant and there was this room filled with people. And, and I was just like, oh. And I had this experience of joy because there was this desire in my heart that somebody met unsolicitedly. Right? And that's when we experience joy. And I was filled with gratitude, like real gratitude. And a different kind of gratitude. Because I wasn't in control of that situation. I can, and I had a need in my heart and it was met by somebody. St. Paul says in his letter to the Thessalonians, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. In all circumstances give thanks. 
And that means that we thank our Lord, like in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. It's a lot like a marriage. But it also means just remembering to thank him because he's the source of everything in our life. And you know, like yesterday I, was in, I went to a friend's house and, to watch the Army-Navy game because I graduated from West Point. Two of my West Point classmates live in La Vista now because my friend was stationed at, off at Air Force Base. And, and, uh, and I'm so grateful to have them close by. And so we went, I went over, we watched the game, and a couple of our other West Point classmates like zoomed into a Zoom meeting, and we were all watching the game. And, and, uh, and I was just filled with gratitude you know, for the way in which, you know, these people became my friends in the first place, the way in which, like, through the course of their careers, they ended up here at this place in this time, and I'm able to sit there and be reminded of the continuity of my own life, and, and, and it was just really good. And, and I was just super grateful because God did that. The alternative would be, well, God didn't really do that. The government did it, and it was just like a happenstance thing. And, you know, like, that's not very beautiful. I don't, I I just rather believe, like, our Lord did that for me. Or even more simply, like, I get to live in a rectory right now with a priest who's actually my friend. That's rare. (laughs) And I get home at night, and, like, Father Jarofsky and I have similar... Like, we watch similar TV shows, and, and we hang out together at the end of the day and, and kind of get to share our lives with each other. And Father Dewar is, like, very open and, and just, like, an amazing soul. And, and he's a really good cook. And I'm just super grateful for that. Because our Lord did that. You know, our Lord did that. And I could say, well, actually, like, Father Jarofsky kind of slipped my name out there, and then I kind of made it known. Like, that's not very beautiful. I just really rather believe that our Lord did that, because he did. And every good thing our Lord, our Lord has done. And that's a reminder, that kind of gratitude is a reminder that I am not the Christ. You know, I didn't do these things. He did these things. And then I don't have to be stressed out when things don't work out. If I know that I am not the Christ. And our Lord promised to redeem us. And he promised to take care of us. And he will. Now that's the message of this Advent season. And when we can see how our Lord's doing that, then we are filled with joy. And we're in such need of that. And so it might be something to reflect on, like to be grateful for your wife and the normal things that she does. To be grateful for your husband and the normal things that he does. To be grateful for the person who picks up your garbage. The other morning I woke up at like five in the morning when they were shoveling snow and I was like oh my gosh I'm so grateful that somebody's here shoveling the sidewalk because I hate shoveling and as we foster that attitude of gratitude it opens up that 
space to be surprised by our Lord and what he does for us. And we can celebrate this Christmas season even though we live in a darker time than we have in the past with even more joy. Because we see the significance that he has in our lives. And so today let us pray that That we have eyes to see what our Lord is doing in our life, in our parish, in our diocese. That we truly be grateful for everything that he has done, giving him credit for everything that he has done. Remembering that he is the Messiah. He is the Christ. And we pray that this Christmas season may truly be a season of great joy and great rejoicing in our own hearts, in our families, in our parish, and throughout the entire church.